Hello everyone, it's Dr. Sam. I'd like to welcome you to my iClarity podcast. This is a show that offers cutting-edge information on how to improve your vision and overall wellness through holistic methods. I so appreciate you spending part of your day with me. If you have questions, you can send them to hello at drsamburn.com. Now to the latest iClarity episode. Hey everybody, it's Dr. Sam, and I'd like to welcome you to another iClarity podcast. Boy, do I have a special guest today. She's one of my colleagues, and I'm so excited to bring her on. Her name is Sheriona Menzum-Sills, PhD. And let me give you a little background on Sheriona. She um, is immersed in pre and perinatal psychology it led her to teaching at Naropa University in Boulder and also the Santa Barbara Graduate Institute. Uh, she um, is a biodynamic craniosacral teacher along with her husband, um, who is Franklin Sills. He's one of my heroes. Uh, I have his books actually right there and I, I refer to to his writings quite a bit. Um, Sheriona also has studied with um, William Emerson, Ray Castellino, and Emily Conrad. We're gonna talk about our connection with Continuum. And she's a wonderful teacher, uh, movement and body awareness therapist, dance, movement, psychology. I mean, she's just done so many, many things. And she's also an author and she has a new book out. This is why we're bringing her on. And the, the title of the book is called Spirit into Form, Exploring Embryological Potential and Prenatal Psychology. And I have it right here. I've actually turned a lot of people on to her book. And so she's so generous to come on today, uh, Sheriona. Thanks for joining us. And my first question is, why the book? What's behind it? Give us, give us some, some background. Oh, well, thank you, Sam. First of all, thank you for the lovely introduction. It makes me smile. Sure. And <laughs> I, I didn't know you were a fan of Franklin's, so that's really sweet mm -hmm. to kind of mm -hmm. brings him into the room. And he's certainly an mm -hmm. influence in, in my work and the book. Um, so why did I write this? book, big book, you know, 560 pages. <laughs> it took me 17 years to write this book. Um, I realized that I started taking notes on it about 17 years ago, just before I met Emily Conrad. And I was reading, um, she hadn't published her book Life on Land yet at that point. And um, she had a kind of pamphlet out that was called Life on Land. And so I was reading that and I was just so inspired, which happened every moment that I spent with Emily. <laughs> um, and so I had to give you a little background of the background <laughs> for the book. Um, I had, um, let's see, where do I begin? So 
in, in, while I was uh, studying uh, somatic psychotherapy at Naropa University, uh, I was introduced to the field of pre and perinatal psychology. And something in me just went, that's it, you know, this is my thing. And after many years of really intensive work with it, or through those many years, I realized it was, you know, they say we teach what we most need to learn. And I had mm -hmm. a lot of healing to do in that area. So the thing that was really going to help me to really do that healing, to focus on it was to do a PhD in pre and perinatal psychology. And um, such PhDs didn't exist yet. I'm apparently the second person in the world to get a PhD in pre and perinatal psychology. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, I did it through the Union Institute uh, where you design your own program. And it seemed to me that embryology was a really important aspect of pre and perinatal psychology. You know, as a somatic psychotherapist, I don't separate body and mind, they, and emotion, psyche and body, they go together. And it seemed to me that an embryo is constantly changing, you know, a bit like an adolescent, they're constantly going through changes in their body and everything they're learning and experiencing is happening through their body. So how could I leave the body out of looking at their psychology? So I created a, a course for myself to study embryology. And um, I had, as part of my somatic psychotherapy, I'd been learning about body-mind centering, BMC. Um, and the form of it that I learned was actually adapted by Susan Apotion, who you may know about, who developed body-mind psychotherapy. And she, she was our, our teacher at Naropa, uh, which I'm very grateful for. And so in order to study embryology, I gathered a group of us who had studied with Susan. We had actually done an extra training with her. Um, and I went through all these embryology textbooks. And so Sam, you're a doctor, you've been through embryology textbooks, I'm sure. You probably understand them because they're in Medicalese, you know, they're not in English. Um, but I tried to understand them and I drew pictures and I made mind maps and you know, got it to a point where I could present it to the, this little study group that I created. And then I'd go and present it. And we together found ways to explore it through our bodies. And after, I forget if it was six or eight weeks, something like that, we all decided it was so powerful that it needed to continue. So I began teaching classes I called Embodying Embryology. And I did that for a number of years until I came to Emily and Continuum. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I started doing Continuum, I realized Continuum just naturally takes us into those embryological states. And, you know, so yes. we're, we're melting the patterns and coming into our fluidity. So I started teaching it through that. I so so the, the book is kind of building on that. And um, it's a combination of looking at embryology, some embryological milestones and the psychological experience that little ones are having in the process and how that affects us throughout our lives and what we can do about it. So, um, my, uh, the other piece that, that came into it is um, you know, Franklin's inf influence. I was, um, 
I had been teaching biodynamic cranial psychotherapy when Franklin and I got together and fortunately being with him really deepened my understanding of it. And one of the things that I learned about in that work is that our health is always there. You know, even if we're thinking we're diseased, there's a problem, you know, clients usually come in with their problems, but there's always health there. And there's always what I call our original potential. So that's part of the book also. So I wrote this because I want people to know about it. You know, I'm so passionate, but I see how profoundly that time of life influences us and how just even just having some awareness of it can begin to shift things. We can start to have some choice or, or realize that we are at choice. You know, not just So thank you so much for that answer. Uh, it, it helps me and I think it also helps um, anybody who's reading your book. I've turned a lot of people on in Santa Fe who are somatic educators and craniosacral therapists and occupational therapists who I work with where we, uh, you know, we help kids in the spectrum disorders. And I certainly want to get to that. Uh, but Give me some of your insights working with um, Ray Castellino and, and you know, what you learned from him and how you incorporate that into your philosophy. Hmm. <sighs> dear Ray. That's a big question. Uh, yeah, dear Ray, he just passed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What an amazing man. And maybe for listeners uh, who don't know about Ray, just a, a brief uh, bio on him. I mean, he was a pioneer and uh, geez, I just, you know, loved his work. So tell me a little about him. Yeah. Well, I just want to acknowledge my sadness as you mentioned it, you know, yes. I was, I was oh, very close absolutely. to Ray and yeah. um, had great opportunity to work closely with him in his clinic when I lived, I lived mm -hmm. in Santa Barbara for a while where he was. Um, and he was going mm -hmm. to write the foreword for my book but sadly passed away oh, before that could happen. So um, I had the other person I had had in mind to write a forward for my book when I first started, it was Emily. So she's uh -huh. also not here. So there's mm -hmm. a little, you know, some uh, shadows related to my book. Um, but yeah, Ray, I feel so grateful to have had these incredible mentors, you know, like Emily and, and Ray. Um, Ray um, brought to pre and perinatal therapy um, what little ones actually need. And he, he noticed what he needed working with people um, mm -hmm. in order to stay present. Um, and he, through working with families, with babies and little children, he um, developed ways to help them to, to really stay present, to be resourced, um, and, you know, to not be constantly being overwhelmed and just going into their history, but being able to be present with it. And he brought that into working uh, with adults and um, developed a really powerful way to work with adults where you know, the history of pre, the field of pre and perinatal psychology or, or therapy um, 
it's, it mostly includes very cathartic work, you know, people going back into their mm -hmm. history and getting lost exactly. there. And I did years of that. Yeah. So I know, you know, yeah. what it's like, and it can certainly the increase insight. Yeah, yes. it can increase insight. But what we know from modern trauma work um, and research is that it can also reinforce old trauma patterns in our nervous systems. Exactly. And Ray's yes. work um, takes us a long ways towards not doing that. Um, to, so he, he worked with a number of principles that we, I, I run small wounds around process workshops based on his, what he, what I learned from him, what he does, what he did. And I also bring in more mindfulness. I have a strong mindfulness mm -hmm. meditation background. So I find mm -hmm. that really helpful and also continue yeah. you know, to help people really be present in their bodies. And so mm -hmm. one of, we, we work with a set of principles in these workshops that Ray developed. And an important one is around self-regulation, being able to be mm -hmm. aware of when you might move into overwhelm, when things might become too mm -hmm. much or too fast. Mm -hmm. You just pause, you ask for a pause. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to do anything in particular, but just slowing things down. Because little ones need things to go a lot slower than we as adults do. And when people are working with their history, they often slip into a little one state. And so yeah. they can be very easily overwhelmed like little ones are. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's a beautiful, a beautiful description and you bring in something so important, which is self-regulation. Mm -hmm. And it's not really talked about in, when you go to the doctor, you know, the doctor is not gonna talk about that. <laughs> and yet it's such a, a powerful skill. And, you know, the things that you're teaching and promoting really help people deal with their trauma, deal with their uh, you know, their nervous system getting overwhelmed. And then of course the fluid body, and this is where Emily enters. And so how do you bring continuum in to this? I mean, we know the primordial anatomy uh, is part of it and, you know, how we meld into our fluid body, but I'd love to hear in your words where continuum fits into your philosophy. Well, it's fluid. It's like it infuses every bit of my yeah, philosophy, right. as yeah, Emily exactly. did. Um, yeah, of uh, course. Yeah, I have a lot of quotes from Emily in the book, but she's also between mm -hmm. the lines everywhere, you know, to yeah. me anyways. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I think, you know, continuum comes in in several different ways. And one is, you know, I was talking about self-regulating. So continuum slows us down. Mm -hmm. When and people who are working with um, Stephen Porges's work, I imagine mm -hmm. you're familiar with, and mm -hmm. um, the social engagement nervous system and um, mm -hmm. ways to come out of our defensive nervous systems and into mm -hmm. social and where we can socially engage and be present and mm -hmm. accurately mm -hmm. assess safety in present time. Mm -hmm. So. Um, slowing down can help us to do that for one thing and the the breaths and sounds we use in continuum tend to elongate our out breath which takes mm -hmm. us into uh, a more regulated state just like that sure. 
It's one of the things like that, that. They, they recommend for the, the vagus nerve. Um, sure. so, I'm so good at that. But as mm. we slow down, we start to come out of you know, what Emily talks about as the cultural anatomy where things are yeah. more, our tissues are more dense. Our thinking is more dense and narrow. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. You know, we're more, we're more rigid um, and, and fast. As we slow down, we start to melt and come into a more fluid state where I could feel you resonating with that. <laughs> um, of course. And, you know, we stop being so linear and so narrow and we, mm -hmm. we start spreading and melting and becoming a lot more like an embryo where there's a sense mm -hmm. of wholeness and um, midline or midspace. Mm -hmm something organizing us and the, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of our patterning our history can dissolve mm -hmm. and we come back to something more essential which i call our original embryological potential you know you think about mm -hmm. our beginnings as a, a tiny unicellular organism and it develops into these complex bodies and psyches you know they have, how do we do that? <laughs> There's a, a greater intelligence. Emily called it biointelligence. Um, mm -hmm. In biodynamics, we talk about intelligence with a capital I. I think it's the same thing. Uh -huh. Biodynamics takes us into yeah. the very similar states as continuum. Sure. Yeah. So to me, it's a natural way to enter into. We just naturally enter into that kind of embryonic state. And mm -hmm. it can be incredibly nourishing. Thank you. Uh, we are here with Sheriona Menzum-Sills, and she's talking about her new book, Spirit in the Form, Exploring Embryological Potential and Prenatal Psychology. And those of you that will hear the podcast or are watching, you can't help but slow down and get into your fluid body. I mean, Sheriona is exuding that energy and I'm just tracking that as well. So it's, it's really a, such a healing space of uh, the field that we talk about and um, everybody that's part of the podcast right now, you're getting that. And that's what I talk about a lot and people go, huh, what is that? And then they start to get it. So I want to talk about vision a little bit. And there's a question that you and I discussed, and I'd love to get your take on it, and I'm happy to answer it as well. Can prenatal and birth trauma relate to vision issues? And can pre and perinatal therapy or increasing awareness help? So I'd love to get your perspective on it. And um, yeah, so you have the talking stick. Go for it. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I think it's a very fluid stick at this point. <laughs> so, yeah, it sure is. Um, yeah, I just, I thought, you know, talking with you, it would be interesting to look at um, how, that question and how might our pre and perinatal experience affect vision? And I, you know, I'm, I'm interested in the psychology. There's, you know, mm -hmm. how the eyes form and all that kind of thing. You're probably much more knowledgeable about that than I am, but... Um, what I'm really especially interested in is the psychology. So if we have the experience 
when we're little, even in the womb, of really being seen and received and welcomed, it might be easier for us to see and receive and welcome. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But many of us don't have that experience or we don't have it as fully as we need it. Taking a breath with that one. So, you know, if um, when a pregnancy is discovered, for example, it's confirmed, um, often even parents that really want a baby have some degree of ambivalence. It's like, it happened so quickly. It's like, oh my God, you know, I just want to take, I have, I've had so many clients who are pregnant tell me, I just wanted to take that trip to Asia first, you know, <laughs> or, you know, do that dream thing first, um, or, you know, buy the house first or get married first or, you know, grow up a bit first, whatever it was, mm -hmm. you know, these babies can take us by surprise. And, and even if the parents eventually come to a place of celebrating, being really happy to have their baby, that helps. But there's a wound that happens for the little one who at the time of discovery is completely dependent on, especially their mother, welcoming them. They're dependent on her for their survival. Mm -hmm. So there's a kind of shutting down that happens. And I've heard and I've encountered people who remember as a little one, knowing that their presence, when they were discovered, their presence was discovered, it was going to cause some problems. And so they stayed small, you know, mm -hmm. tried to not be seen. And, you know, when we're uh, compressed in, when we're withdrawn, it's hard to see anything that's out there. Mm -hmm. That's part of why we withdraw. All creatures do that. Mm -hmm. You know, when there's mm -hmm. sense of danger, we withdraw. So it's kind of like having your head in the sand. You know, how can you see if you're withdrawn? You can't really mm -hmm. evaluate the danger or welcome anymore. Mm-hmm. And so my sense is that really early time and, and other things that can happen along the way, you know, even before birth um, can affect like how willing or able are we to see what our family is like or what the world we're coming into is like, mm -hmm. um, how we are welcomed or not welcomed, you know. Um, and, and we were talking about the social engagement system. You know, Heiser is such an important part of that. So especially at birth, that comes, it, it's online. That system's online at birth. You know, sure. are we, like when I was born, my mother was, and I were completely out with anesthesia. Mm -hmm. And it was the 50s, you know, then in order to give the mother some rest, they took the baby away, you know. Mm -hmm. So I didn't get, to see anybody really, you sure. know. And fortunately that's changing a bit. Babies aren't automatically taken away as often now, mm -hmm. but it still happens. And there's emergencies, there's separation, there's drops in the eyes. I'm sure you probably talk about that, you know, things yeah. that um, set a template for how we see or don't see in our lives. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So they're just some thoughts that I've had but, and I'm curious, you know, what your experience might be with that also. 
Well, the eyes uh, originate very early in gestation. Uh, some say 17 days. Uh, you know, we see the optical vesicles starting to grow out from the brain. So every tissue of the eye is brain tissue. And it's such a, an absorbable uh, part of us. And yet it's not really acknowledged in a lot of ways. One of the things that you described this not wanting to be seen and pulling in is something called myopia, nearsightedness. And we're at an epidemic around nearsightedness right now because of our near focusing. And the main emotion around myopia is fear. I don't trust, I pull in, I tighten up, I compress. And then fast forward to an adult, and this is why people are developing all these eye diseases because their tissue is compressed. Emily used to talk about, you know, the eyes are one of the most unrealized tissues of the body. And astigmatism is a twist, a body twist. So when you come out of the birth canal and your body is twisted, uh, this is astigmatism. Or strabismus, where one of the eyes is crossing. In Chinese medicine, psychologically, the right eye is the father eye, the left eye is the mother eye. So the right eye is turning in, the infant is turning away from his father. Now, there could be a lot of reasons why that might occur. Then there's lazy eye, you know, one eye that is not seeing as clearly as the other eye. Again, you can look at the mother-father relationship and the children absorb through their eyes, their parents' relationship. There's the midline problem where the two eyes are not tracking together and uh, there's a, a underdeveloped midline that goes way back to you know gestation. So there are a lot of visual cues and signals that maybe don't get developed. I'm in the process of writing a blog right now on uh, the somatic eye. And I am bringing in some of Dr. Porges's work on polyvagal and how it affects the vision. Mm -hmm. And we know it affects the speech language auditory, right? But that vagal uh, experience, what happens with the vision piece? So, um, you know, there's a lot of uh, intersections that you and I have and which is why I was so excited to read your book. And it just explained so many things for me around the, the prenatal birth and bonding times and what you're teaching and what you're presenting and bringing all these different uh, aspects, you know, bringing the biodynamic craniosacral. And I mean, that's one of my main therapies. Uh, you know, I have my massage table right next to my eye exam equipment. And when I do an exam, I also do cranial and then see what, how does that affect the nervous system in the eyes as yeah, an example? That's a, it's a nice combo. But this, uh, this particular topic is vast and you know, maybe we'll need to have you back on. Um, is there anything else you want to convey to our audience about you know, what you're teaching in this field. I know it's so vast, but if you could pick one thing that 
you know, maybe parents could take away from, you know, what your, what your message is. I think, I think we would love to know what your wisdom is. Well, it's tricky to pick one thing. <laughs> um, it, is, it is. I agree. We could talk about all this for hours or days. Mm -hmm. um, I think just playing off of some of what you were saying, I was reminded of some of the things I learned from Ray Castellino mm -hmm. about mm -hmm. um, eyes and trauma uh, and how we see it in babies. And um, so, for example, where a baby is, is traumatized, um, they'll have trouble crossing the midline with their vision. So you stand you know, on one side, they could see you, but if you move over to the other side, they can't follow you. Yeah, they can't go mm -hmm. through the midline. Right. Um, and he also used to talk about how babies learn by his word, glomming on with their eyes mm -hmm. <laughs> to whoever was there. And mm -hmm. that if you move away, if you shift your attention too quickly, it startles them. So I just, I'm thinking it can be helpful for parents to be aware of those kinds of things. And, mm -hmm. you know, the importance of slowing down with, mm -hmm. with children, especially babies, you know, really little ones. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. The importance of communicating to them. If you are going mm -hmm. to shift your attention, I'm just going to shift my attention now, you know, mm -hmm. or sure. I'm going to pick you up now, you know, we're going to leave now, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So they're not startled by whatever is happening. Mm -hmm because mm -hmm. they don't have the ability to figure it all out. <laughs> um, sure. And also they don't have the ability to differentiate like we do. So mm -hmm. I can differentiate between what I'm feeling and what you, you know, what you're saying, this is me, that's you. Hopefully I can do that. <laughs> um, and I can differentiate between, you know, I was talking about what happened at my birth, but I'm here now, you know, I'm not anesthetized now. I can be present here now. And I'm here with the wonderful Dr. Sam Byrne, you know, now, right? 20, was it June 30th, 2021, right? So I can differentiate. And that can be incredibly helpful for us to do with ourselves because any of us can slip back into a little one state and get lost. We can remind ourselves. It's like, oh yeah, I'm such and such age and here I am, look around, like I'm safe. You know, this is, I'm okay here, right? Mm -hmm. And parents can also do that with their children. You know, when when I work with babies, I, I they immediately want to ex tell the story of their birth. You know, it's a big event, even yeah. if it wasn't traumatic. Right. Like, don't of you course, want to tell yeah. somebody when you've had a big event happen, you know? Sure, uh, yeah, it's so exciting. But they, <laughs> but they can easily get lost in it because they can't sure. differentiate. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if things come up, I can say to them, yeah, that's how it was back then. You know, you were really mm -hmm. upset, scared, angry, whatever it was back mm -hmm. then. Mm -hmm. And yeah, mommy's here now, you know, you're safe mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. right? And you don't have to tell the whole story right now. Right. So that, you know, they can start to slow down and be regulated. They need us to help them regulate. Sure. 
So if I could put in a nutshell, you know, that I think that's those really, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really essential, I think. And, um, I appreciate you sharing that because it's so important, you know, transitions, you know, making a change from one to the next and not being shocked into it. Uh, and I think we all need to keep practicing that. I mean, I know I do and how easy it is to just get so involved in your own story and uh, that's it. And yet, wait, we're in the here and now. So, um, and I've experienced that also. So what you're teaching, I can validate that because that's exactly what your work is about as many, many facets. So we're coming down to the end and two things, um, what events and workshops do you have coming up and how can people connect with you? Yeah, we're moving into a transition. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> so we're birthing out of this event into whatever's yes. next in our lives. <laughs> exactly. But it isn't our original birth, you know, we're, we're okay. <laughs> we're okay. So um, I have lots of things coming up. Um, like I mentioned, I, I facilitate small wombs around process workshops. And um, so I actually limit those to four people plus an assistant, mm -hmm. but really intimate, mm -hmm. safe. And mm -hmm. I've been doing those online. Um, oh, great. It's a pandemic mm -hmm. and it's amazing how well they work online. Some people oh, feel they actually sure. work better online because people are at home mm -hmm. and they feel resourced and you know, yeah. doesn't cost as Wonderful. much travel. And yeah, all that. exactly. I yeah. like that time away. Mm -hmm. I also I've just set up a course I'm really excited about, um, which is called um, a spirit into form being with the book. Mm. <laughs> so being with the book, okay. Yeah. And it'll start yeah. in September. And okay. we're going to meet once a month on a Sunday. For two hours and the idea is to read a chapter sometimes more than one chapter there's 15 chapters in the book so um each month and when we come together i'll present some of the material from it and guide people through some experiential exploration um mm -hmm. probably from the book because there's quite a few in the book um and then you know we'll have time for discussion and questions and such so, you know, if you, for people who want company going through the book um, mm -hmm. or some guidance or just want to be able to talk to me about it, um, mm -hmm. you know, that's a really nice way to do it. And um, I also teach continuum online, a three hour continuum mm -hmm. class once a month. So nice. my next one, I think it's July the 18th. It's called... Um, okay. Finding fetal fluidity on land. <laughs> the play on Emily's book, Life Love on it. Land. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so, you fantastic. know, what happens when we start to stand up and we'll be playing yes. with gravity. Um, oh, great. In yeah, a very that's great. fluid fetal kind of way. So, adventures in gravity. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> fluid yeah, adventures in gravity. Fluid, fluid <laughs> adventures in gravity. That's right. Usually the fluid is not part of the gravity uh, conversation. So we need right. to include that. Yeah. And definitely. fetal, making it fluid fetal 
now you're, you're really covering the bases. So that's, that sounds fabulous. And how do people contact you? Yeah. How can, so we, how can we connect? Well, I have two websites. One of them is my okay. website, which is birthingyourlife.org. Okay. Birthing, birthingyourlife.org. Birthing and the mm -hmm. other is um, the online school for Franklin and me, which is resourcingyourlife.org. And I, um, most of the courses I offer through resourcingyourlife.org, but they're all listed on um, my website, birthingyourlife.org. And you can also contact me through my website. Okay. I love to hear from people. Uh, <laughs> so I'll, I'll definitely put those websites up on the, um, on the podcast notes. Great. And, um, you know, when I get referrals, I'll send them your way. Thank so you. any last words, Sherriana, before we, we end? We used to do that in our continuum classes. Emily would say, who wants the last word? So <laughs> right. do you have any last words before we, uh, before we I, end today? I'm just feeling sad, really enjoyed doing this with you. And it's fun, um, huh? Yeah. Yeah. And I remember, you know, Emily wanted us to do something together. So, she did. Um, we thought it was going yeah. to be a retreat on the Mediterranean, but you know, this is the next best it thing. Still could be. So. Yeah, but you know, you never Maybe. know. Um, I was checking out Greece uh, in November of 2019 and went to the Asclepian Temple, and I was like, well, this is possible, you know, so you wow. never know. Um, Maybe someday. But, um, yeah. Someday, yeah. But in the meantime, we're connected and our fluid bodies are, you know, it's like just continually looking out, exploring, feeling, moving. Yeah. So we'll, we'll just go with that for now. And I want to thank you so much for joining us today. And uh, I wish you the very best. Good luck in the book and your teaching. And um, we'll see each other again soon, I'm sure. Yeah. And thank you, Sam. I also, if I could say one more thing, I really appreciate what you're doing. Yeah. I mean, that, you know, you're also bringing so many things together and um, Thank you. I, I wish I had an eye doctor like you. <laughs> yeah, they're hard to come by, but um, you know, it's it, it's slowly changing. But um, yeah, so uh, anyways, we'll we'll stay connected, and uh, I look forward to our next time together. Me too. Thank you. To be continued. To continue. To be yeah. continued. Thank you for listening. I hope you learned something from the iClarity podcast show today. If you enjoyed the episode, make sure to subscribe on iTunes or Spotify and leave a review. See you here next time.